0: Those of you that are here for Just Jesus Stories, let's uh, head to the book of Mark. We're beginning in Mark chapter 11 in this classroom. And visitors, if ever you're looking for something, just ask anybody. They'll help you. This will be an abbreviated lesson since we're starting a bit late. And I get to eat lunch with our, our friends here in a bit. Some of you may join us. Um, we're heading over to a mellow mushroom. They don't, we don't know how big it is going to be, but we're going to try to beat the other churches there <laughs> and get, get as many seats as we can. How's that? Uh, Nahed uh, is going over to make sure that they got room for at least 25. Uh, I did not get a full count, on, and there were more who came and sat near the back. So um, I'm just very pleased, very pleased. Thank you. You honor us. And uh, I've had a, a couple of our members just now ask me, they said, when are you going back up there? We'd like to go with you. So please keep us in this rotation um, that, that would matter, matters to us, that we love each other. Uh, Mark chapter 11, um, those of you, if you're new to this series, all I do is I walk through the Gospels and tell the stories, and then we'll walk through another Gospel, then we we'll, repeat, and it can take years to get through them all. Mark 11, as they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethphage at Bethany at Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go into the village ahead of you, and just as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied there, which no one has ever written. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you doing this, say, the Lord needs it, and we'll send it back here shortly. They went and found a colt outside in the street, tied at a doorway, and as they untied it, some people standing there asked, what are you doing untying that colt? They answered as Jesus had told them to, and the people let them go. There, In, in the Gospels, remember the Gospels are not written to detail all historical aspects of every story. It's not the way it's done. Sometimes you have to listen to the dogs that don't bark. This is one of those. When I was a boy, this bothered me because it looked a lot like stealing, doesn't it? You know, just you walk in there, find a cold, untie it, and bring it back. But obviously it isn't since the people let them have it when they said the Lord has need of it. Do you remember in, very first in Jesus' um, ministry, He sees some fishermen and he says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. And it says they immediately dropped their nets and followed him. That could not have been the first time he met them. There had to have been a long relationship that had been built up over years before somebody will automatically drop things and follow you. Jesus had friends in Jerusalem. These people knew who he was and as soon as they said he needs it, it was fine. Remember that the stories we see are episodes, but they're not the whole three and a half, four years. It's uh, I, I tell people sometimes it is like trying to reconstruct the life of a family by, you're on a train every day, going by their house and looking through their windows as you go by. You can get some information, but not everything. So the Gospels have to flesh it out, and you read them all, put them together. What's about to happen is Jesus is going to uh, declare who he is. Uh, they they brought the colt to Jesus. They threw their clo- cloaks over it. He sat on it. Uh, many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they'd cut in the fields. Why would you do that? Uh, you only ask that question if you've never lived where there are dirt roads. Uh, in, in Detroit, it always surprises people. We have dirt roads in Detroit. Not all of them, obviously. But the story is Detroit grew too fast and outgrew the roads. Well, that was a long time ago. <laughs> and still, you did the washboard, we call it. My son lives on a dirt road in the Detroit, just north of Detroit, a very, very urban area. On, and by the way, it's not only is it urban, it's diverse. On, within a mile of my son's house is the Islamic Center, a new mosque, a Hindu, and I forget what they call their temple, and a Sikh temple all within a mile of his house. And yet, if you turn to his house, it's a dirt road. Once you Have you ever experienced dirt roads at like length? They're miserable. They are absolutely miserable. So people are actually just making it easy for Jesus to get through. And laying down your cloak was a particularly um, sacrificial thing because you, you didn't have more of those. Every so often I'll go look in my closet and go, some of this has got to go. And then you start going, no, there's that one day every four years, I need this one. You put that one back. These cloaks, this is all they had. So those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna, That's, that means salvation or you know, save him or long live, you know, for example, like long live the king. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Why would he ride on a donkey? Sorry, hate Shrek. Why would he ride on a donkey? When I was a boy, that bothered me because I'd only known of poor people riding on donkeys in third world countries where we had gone to live. Uh, I grew up in a lot of different places. And so I, I thought, well, why wouldn't he, why, why wouldn't he, like a horse or a stallion or something? Well, one, they didn't have a lot of those. But the other is, in the Old Testament, kings rode to their coronation on donkeys that had never been uh, ridden before. I forgot how to conjugate English there for a second. Ride, rode, ridden, have riven unto, or whatever. Uh, Therefore, he is making a statement as to who he is by doing this. Now, here comes a particularly troubling story. The next day, as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree and leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. Let's stop for a second. This story is actually told a couple of other times with variations in the Gospels. As to what he said, when he said it, and what happened to the tree and when that happened so I'm not really sure that we can take a look at this and try to spiritualize every aspect. I think what instead we need to do is talk about a couple of things. One, this is off subject, but it's still an important subject. Why was he willing, uh, why was he allowed just to walk up to anybody's tree and eat? Because anybody could. They did not need what we need with Medicare, Medicaid, insurance agencies, social security, uh, all kinds of charities, because they had built into the system debt reduction, feed and care of those that are poor, feeding and caring of the orphans and the widows, that was all built into the system. Gleaning was a big part of that. If you're walking through a field, and there's some food there, you can reach down and eat it. You can't stand there, you can't put it in a basket and take it with you, but you can eat as you move. In Scotland, for example, there are no trespassing laws. None. And that really throws off people, because you may be on the street here and say, well, I want to show you something. You start cutting through yards, or we call them gardens, but you start cutting through those, and they're going, are we allowed to be here? Yeah, there, there's no such thing as a trespassing law in Scotland. They do have um, rules of the, of the field. They call it our path rules. For example, if you open the gate, shut the gate, things like this. But you can walk through anywhere. And among the Jewish people, they had this system of um, social care that, for example, you didn't get a weekly little bit to keep you, get you through the week. They gave it to you in a year's lump sum because that meant you had enough to invest, buy property, um, build a business, buy goods that you could then resell. It helped you get out of poverty. It didn't keep you there. And gleaning was a big part of it. If you had a, a whole wagon full of, let's say, bales of hay, we're just going to make this all right, American, uh, bales of hay, And it's going along the road, and one of them rolls off and hits the ground. You're not allowed to pick it up. That's called God's now. Any poor people or anybody that needs that can come by and get it. There's an expression in Breton that thieves often use, saying that, you know, they they got this because it fell off the back of a lorry, a truck. It it harkens back to the concept, if you drop it, it is now God's and belongs to the poor. Uh, They can have it. The book of Ruth... Gives us a lot more detail there, but the the laws are in Deuteronomy, but Ruth shows us how that works. So, he's there to get figs, but it's not the season for figs, and yet Jesus is still angry. Did that concern anybody in the room? It's kind of like, well, of course you're not going to get figs. It's not fig season. I think it shows us the mental state of Jesus. Remember our belief is that he is God, but he is also man. Therefore, and especially in Mark, he has, he has um, emotions. And and in the book of Mark, he has emotions he doesn't have in the others. Uh, Frustrated, angry, surprised, disappointed. And here, he just, it's kind of like, I'm only going to be here for another seven days or so. Why can't we just, after a while, don't you get angry? And you come home and you kick something that didn't do anything to deserve the kicking. You know, a chair, a table, something like that. Don't punch a wall. I'm, the wall always wins. I don't. We have a hole over there. I'd, I'd love to know that story. The third panel over, that, that showed up a couple of weeks ago. So uh, some, some, one of our teens may have been... Let's blame it the teens, shall we? Uh, let's blame the teens. Uh, somebody said, that's a quick fix. And I said, well, yeah, that's, not worried about it. But again... We hit the thing that didn't deserve heading. Jesus is frustrated, perhaps fearful. Um, this is pretty intense stuff. One of the things that you've heard me say several times about three and a half years here is don't overholy the stories. Let the people be real. Don't turn them into shining objects. Let them be real. Somebody this last week... Um, talking to me, and I'm trying to figure out how not to blow any confidences in this, talking about some disappointments, which I've had with health recently, and a couple of other things, and there, and they, but they kept talking about how important I was, and such, and I said, uh, do not put me on the pedestal, because as soon as you do, I'm going to fall, and if I fall, I will take others with me. I said, I, let us, let us put God on the pedestal, and us just hold hands at the bottom. That's the only way we can do this. Here, Jesus is one of us at this point. Upon reaching Jerusalem, and you can ask questions anytime you want. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. Now, this is a pretty interesting little story. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise to the temple's court. As he taught them, he said, Is it not written? And he's there quoting from Psalm 118. My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you've made it a den of robbers. And that last portion refers to Isaiah 56 and verse 7. What's going on? People are arriving for the holy days. One of the rules is that you have to bring your sacrifices and that the sacrifice has to be perfect. No spot, no blemish. Well, what if you live a long way away? By the time you start with an unblemished sheep, by the time you get there, might have three legs and, I don't know, acne or something. It's, 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 it's not unblemished anymore. So a lot of people said, we will buy when we get there. So then they'd get there, and the prices were jacked up. Not only were the prices jacked up, some of the religious leaders had a scam going. They said, you have to change your money into temple money to buy temple goods. Well, what do you think that exchange rate was? It's going to favor somebody, but it didn't favor the common pilgrim. It favored the religious leaders. Uh, I I was I was in an airport recently. Where was it? Uh, I looked over and it was, in, it was in Philadelphia, and they were willing. They you know going to change currency there if you wanted. to. I looked at the rate for the British pound. What they're selling, what they're getting. You're losing about thirty to forty percent of your money if you exchange it there. And I you know I wanted to overthrow tables and such, but TSA, um, a not Jesus in. Another telling of this story makes a whip. He hand makes it. This is premeditated. This isn't Jesus just going off. He's saying, right, this has got to stop. Jesus had a heart for the poor that we have tended to ignore in our religious life. Jesus spoke more about money than he did any other subject. But it was always about the poor, not about getting money for himself. The uh, most common given command of Jesus was fear not, but the most common subject was money, because that's where our heart is. Um, I put this in an e-blast recently. The biographer of Thomas Jefferson, when he wrote about how he did his biography, said, of course, he relied upon other biographies, walking, you know, uh, Monticello and, and the like, but what he didn't really know Thomas Jefferson until he found the household accounts, and he saw where he put his money then he knew who this man was. Now, I often think of that when I look at my checkbook. Yes, I still have a checkbook. I, 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 I don't balance it because I don't know how. My wife does, and I assume some black magic is involved because I can't figure it out. I tell her, we just need to change banks every three years, and say, what do we have? Give that to us. And, but no, she, she wants to know the details. But I'll look in her checkbook and say, where's the money going, and what does that say about me? Jesus had a concern for the poor. And to see them being robbed because they wanted to go to church was just unacceptable. But a couple of other things here. One, did Jesus lose his temper? And it was premeditated. He made the scourge. But he also kept control. Take a look at this. Did he ever hit anybody in this story? If he did, it's never mentioned. Plus... Over, did, he, did he take away any of their goods? No, he overturns the tables of the money changers. They can get that back. He tells the people with the doves, get those out of here. Uh, he tells, the, he drives the cattle out. You can always get cattle back. Nobody, he didn't steal from anybody. They didn't lose their goods. He just got them out of there. This is this is not what religion's all about. I I do not watch religious TV. Because it really upsets me. Seeing people that are flying in private jets asking widows to send them their money, that bothers me. It really does. I think you already know this, but, Pope Quez, out of all the miracles Jesus did, how many miracles did he do to benefit himself? Zero. None. The poor, he was concerned about the poor, and he was always about the poor. Do you remember back in the 80s, we were still in Scotland when Ethiopia went through the big famine and they sang We Are the World and all that other, and people were saying, oh, you know, we got to get food over there. And like, are you aware that they'd actually had normal to slightly above normal rainfall during that period of time? The reason they had famine is because they were fighting each other. In America, farmers are paid with your money, tax money, not to farm. Because there's so much stuff. We, we could feed everybody right now, except for politicians. I mean, we would feed politicians. That's not what I meant. What I meant was <laughs> politicians are not letting us feed everybody. Because we have the food. You heard of things like Milk Mountains and Butter Mountains? Oh, Google that. Because that's an American deal where uh, the price of milk and butter and all that sugar is very much inflated. That's not how much it costs. But it is, they, they do deals with agriculture and the like. What happens then is poor families go in and have to figure out our medication, school supplies, or food. It's horrible. Jesus will not put up with that. So we need to make sure we don't play into that at all. Um, and I've gone over a couple of things. Anybody want to talk before we go? Co- oh, there's one other thing I wanted to do. Why, why was he able to get away with this? This is actually a pretty good question. Are you aware the temple had a guard? They had a police force. The temple guard was like their green berets. It was only the best. If you've been to to, Britain, uh, to London and seen the changing of the guard, the Buckingham Palace, and you, you have the Cold Stream guards are the ones that... Um, and they, use it. they bring in some other regiments as well, but officially Coldstream, which is a tiny village just across the river in Scotland. And that's where that regiment was formed originally. Now, those big bear hats, and you might think they're just 10 soldiers, you know, just, you know, dress up. T- These guys are actually the elite. They're like, uh, more like American Rangers than Green Berets, because they don't do intelligence as such, they're, they're pure infantry fighters. That's the kind of guard they had in the temple. Remember, Pilate even brings that up whenever they say, we need a guard for the tomb. He says, you've got a guard. Why wouldn't they come after Jesus? Well, the answer is Jesus doesn't look like the pictures in the Bibles. or in stained glass windows. He's always white, shiny, looks like a member of the Swedish ski team, glows a bit. He was a first century Middle Eastern man whose father was probably not a carpenter. The word probably means stonemason. Therefore, Jesus would have had developed muscles, scars, and calluses. And when he came in, they decided, we're not going after him. remember the first day that I... Uh, my first degree was in criminal justice, and it was because I thought I was going to work with uh, prisoners and the like until I, I worked with prisoners. Then I determined, I'm not doing this. <laughs> that uh, I remember the first time, my first day in Draper prison, you stop and you have to put your wallet and everything else and keys and everything, and, and you watch the basket going up into the guard tower. Then I walked in, and it wasn't like the American movies. It wasn't a cell for every guy. There were dormitory cells where there were 50 and 60 guys to a big room. And I'm thinking, I'm just a wee white kid. You know, I'm going, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do. With that. And, and so I, I walked over to a couple of the guards, and I said, Where's, where's your gun they said oh they don't let us have guns why he said because there's so many of them they just get them away from us went, all right that that was not helpful but um i said where do i work and he said all the way back at the other end of that thing way away from the exit and i and i said um well if a fight breaks out will you come get me and he said no and i stopped i went why won't you do that And he said, "Buddy, I'm being paid minimum wage. I'm not dying for minimum wage." I went, "You know something? I think I'm going to change my career (laughs) today." And uh, but that I I did. That was my first career, and it was the hardest two days of my life. And and I moved on to do something else. These guys weren't mall cops. They would have come after the Romans to drive them out. They would have come. But there was something about Jesus that they went, "We're not." we're not getting involved with him. yes john i've often heard this of used as an for anger. ah yes is there a place for that, or is there... that's an excellent question why don't we work with that for the um he says he's often heard this used as an excuse for righteous anger how can anger be righteous it's i i think it's possible But it's kind of like, you've heard a little white lies. How hard is it to keep a little white lie clean? (laughs) It it picks up dirt pretty fast, doesn't it? I have had so many people write hateful things to me and about me, claiming they did did it because they loved me. I've even invited a couple of them to stop loving me because it didn't feel good. but sometimes, you, I think most of the time, to be honest, I think most of the time where I have tried to act like I had righteous anger, I was actually trying to be, be superior to another because I had a gotcha. Is that fear? It was a king of the hill moment. It was a, oh, you know, we all have sins, but yours are worse. Let me come after you. Whereas Charles Hodge used to say, your dirt's dirty, mine isn't. I don't believe that anger accomplishes the will of God unless you use anger appropriately. In in, uh, Ephesians, we're told, be angry, but sin not. Neither let the sun go down upon your wrath. What does that mean? I think we should be angry at the news this morning that a whole lot of women and children died in the back of a truck in Texas as human trafficking. When the traffickers ran, they deserted the truck, and they died of suffocation and heat. I think we ought to be angry. What do you do about it? That's the thing. Yelling that the government should do something I don't think works. I think you have to do something. You have to fund the Cinderella Project or uh, an anti-human trafficking organization. There are several, and there's a major one in Nashville. You have to fund it, you have to join in, you have to work with it. If you sit around and stew, I've never understood people who, who listen, and no insult, I'm saying I don't understand it, people who listen to sports radio. They're angry. They are picking at everybody's performance. They're picking at how, and this rule and that rule, and that, you know, the ref should be you know, shot. And you know, I'm going, all right, first of all, it's grown men hitting a ball with a stick. Chill. But second, why are you angry about this? You're not invested in it. Why? I believe that when God says to be angry, anger is an energy to change something. And if you don't use it appropriately, if you use it to attack or harm somebody, you're using it inappropriately. It's like using a tool for the wrong purpose. You have to use a tool for that which it it was designed. I... uh, Cammy and I, we're, we're we're quiet people. It's hard to believe because when you see me, I'm talking. When I'm, you, when you don't see me, I'm not talking. Uh, and it used to drive Cammy crazy that we could drive all day long, and I I didn't want to talk. But it's just that's how I refuel as I go quiet. And our house is a quiet house. We have breaks almost every day for music, where she goes down one way, I go the other way, because she likes classical music and uh, good stuff, and and I like the other stuff, so we go at different places, and we work like that, and we have quiet, but we have lived in places before where we saw that kids were being, um, you know, get off my lawn type stuff, and we've invited them to play in our yard, and then they all of a sudden start walking in. That, that was a surprise. You know, turn around, hello. I turned around, Got out of my car once, and one of our neighbor neighbor boys there, he's about four or five years old at the time, named Isaac. He was just standing there looking at me. I mean, was right there. I said, Isaac, you doing all right? He just nodded. He said, Do you want to know a secret? I went, Okay. He started unbuttoning his shirt, and I'm going, I'm going to prison. (laughs) Um, He pulled it back, and there was a Superman thing on there. He just looked around. (laughs) All right, that's cool. That's cool. You can come in the house, yeah. Uh, You can have a cookie. Uh, But the point is, when you get angry, instead of sitting in your house saying, those stupid neighbors, let kids play in your yard. Whenever you see religious division, instead of being, I don't understand why Nashville has so many churches. You've heard me call Nashville Six Flags Over Jesus. They're everywhere. Instead of that, why don't you say, let's invite people to meet in neutral territory and just love on each other. Anger is energy to change. When we use it to attack, we are misdirecting its purpose. It's, kind of, it's as bad as confusing love and sex. We have to be careful with the energies God gave us. Does that help? Okay. Yeah, I've seen it on Facebook. We need to remember that when we ask the question, what would Jesus do, sometimes the answer involves a whip and overturning tables. No. It doesn't, because we, how, are you going to keep your temper if you tried that? Someone pushes you, you know? no. Jesus wasn't trying to tell us to go to church and whip people. Chief priests, by the way, and teachers of the law heard of this and began looking for a way to kill him, for they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. This is where we walk a fine line. Because sometimes when we talk about these things, we are accused of being anti-Semitic. We're not. We're to, we were anti the religious leaders of that time, and frankly, most times. You know, um, our friends were asking what to call me when I come here, and I said, Patrick will do... You know, I said, most people here don't call me Dr. Mead. Um, it's a little annoying, but they don't. Um, they, they don't call me Pastor Mead or his, his benevolence or anything like this. And Steve has some things for me, but don't learn from Steve. Don't learn from Steve. It's, that's actually on our business cards. Don't learn from Steve. The reason I want to be called Patrick is because I need to be reminded what happens to people who get power over others. It goes wrong pretty fast. Have you ever seen that happen in a church where there's a really good person, and then you made them a leader, and they just destroyed the church? You've got to be really careful about such matters. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, I believe with all my heart, believe that Jesus was who he said he was but they also believed they could kill him and get away with it because they had a special agreement with God. And if they let Jesus keep doing what he was doing, they were going to lose their position, their power, their money, the pomp, and they didn't want to lose that. I can understand it, but it's still a shame. Evening came, and as Jesus and his disciples went out to the city. In the morning, they went along. They saw the fig tree withered from the roots. Peter remembered and said to Jesus, Rabbi, look the fig tree you cursed is withered have faith in god jesus answered truly i tell you if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them therefore i tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone forgive them so that your father in heaven may forgive you your sins in this last little bit, I want to talk about that because prayer has been something I've struggled with all my life. In our church tribe, we don't have liturgical written prayers. Um, we we kind of did, but we didn't, if you remember what I'm talking about. Back in the old days, there were certain phrases that kept creeping in. And sometimes people use the name God or Father or Jesus as a comma. Have you ever heard that? Those, that uh, you know, Father, today, Father, as we were, Father, coming here, Father. And I'm like, stop it. Think of your sentence, then say your sentence. But anyway, that's just me. That's why I'm not God and He is. When when he talks about this, that seems like he's making a big promise, doesn't it? Well, who's he making the promise to? Not me. He was talking to them. They're about to be entrusted with the gospel. He's talking to them. It's rather like those people, once again on Facebook, that'll quote from Jeremiah, I know my plans for you, that you will prosper. That absolutely applies if you're a Jewish person about to go into um, Egyptian captivity, because that's who it was given to. Don't misappropriate promises, for one. Two, did Jesus say that he would listen to our prayers? Yes, God will listen to our prayers. But he also said he'd give us everything we wanted? Not really. Have you read the book of James? It says if you act in doubt, you don't get it. If you you ask God to give you something that you can just have for your own fun, no. Remember the old country song? I I don't, actually. I heard it once. um, And I heard it whenever um, uh, the Pearl, Janis Joplin, sang it. Oh, Lord, won't you buy me a Mercedes-Benz? No. God's not interested in that one. God's not awesome. I found this out as well. What if I'm praying that Bob over here, if your name's Bob, it's not you. It's a different Bob. That Bob over here, stop his drinking, come to church, and stay married to his wife. You might say that's a very legitimate prayer. It could be, but is God going to answer my prayer by taking away his free will? Do you see what I mean? God would have to take away his free will to answer my prayer. What I can pray about is, God, help me help Bob. That God can talk to. But he's not going to take away somebody else's free will. I've talked before about the gentries, and you might be praying in two different directions. You might be thinking, we have an outdoor wedding on Saturday. Don't let it rain. The gentries have a farm, and they're going, we really need the rain. Which one's God going to do here? God is not over-promised here. He's just saying, remember... It's still about God. It's not about us. And we need to work through that process. And it's hard for me to do that. Because I would pray at night. Because I heard these, and it was acting like this came to us. And God's giving that to you, little kids. So I'd lay in bed at eight or nine years old and pray that when I woke up, I'd be big, tall, and have muscles. Zero for three. (laughs) And that was a faith crisis right there. But I've had other faith crises. I've had friends die. You have that you prayed for. And I don't understand it, and I'm not going to lie to you and tell you that I do. What I will say is that God always said, there are conditions to this. He's not going to take away others' free will. He's not going to do it just for your own jollies, right? That's not an American expression, but you know what it means. He's not going to do it for this out of the other. in fact, I, I remember one time when I was particularly upset about this. I asked a theologian friend of mine. I said, well, then why even pray? And he looked at me and he said, I still pray. And I said, then why? And he said, because Jesus did. Went, Rats, that's a good answer. I hate that answer. <laughs> I, wanted, I wanted something else out of there. You know, I prayed for an elephant and got one. Something like that, but no. He says also you can't get what you want from God if you have anything against anyone. Okay, that might explain some of my prayers. Especially if what you're praying for requires that somebody else lose something. You know, we had had a, a bold attempt for several months to sell our house that didn't work. But understand, we wanted God to sell our house, but that would require somebody else to go into debt a certain amount. And if God wasn't willing to throw them into debt a certain amount, He's not going to do that just because we want Him to. We're all His kids. He's going to have to work with us all. And as I've said before, don't make God stop this car and spank us on the side of the road. He's got to work with. You know, I had three sisters. I rode the hump all of my life in the back seat. Never had a window. My father, being Scottish, would every so often, we'd stop at a gas station, and he'd, we'd line up at the water fountain, because that's the, how much money Dad spent, but every so often he would buy a bottle of minerals, you could pop, soda, right? One for the front seat, one for the back. But there's only him and Mom in the front seat, I'm going, and then, then the thing comes back, and the sisters get it first. I had about this much orange pop and about that much spit by the time it came to me. I had prayers against my sisters. I had things against my sisters. Jesus says, watch your own heart before you step up to pray, and be careful what you're praying about. Um, Does that help some? Think about it. Bring back your your objections, your questions next time. But we're only two minutes away from time, so I'm not going to enter another paragraph here.